the System Save Me podcast shares how business owners navigate their way to success through processes, systems, and routines. Your host, Jordan Gill, is behind the scenes of top business owners who travel the world while earning six and seven figures a year. There's a method to the madness. It's called systems. So let's get down to business. Welcome to episode number 103, where we're going to be talking all about the Sandler sales system. I'm super excited to share this interview with y'all because I have another fellow Dallas Texan in the house. Uh, Y'all know I love my Texans. Now, if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a regular, fantastic. Either way, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes as we love hearing from our listeners. And if you don't want to miss out on the next episodes, be sure to subscribe or go to systemsammy.com for show notes and freebies. Now let's get ready to hear from our guest. Hey, Tina, how are you doing today? Good. How are you, Jordan? Oh, I'm doing super, super well. I'm excited to share with everyone um, your awesome, awesome sales knowledge. That's something that I don't feel like is necessarily an expertise of mine. And so, um, but it's something that everybody needs in their business because I believe everybody is a salesperson, whether you like to believe it or not. So um, before we go into the juicy stuff, um, tell folks a little bit about you and your business. Sure. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, So Tina Phillips, and I'm with a company called Trust Point Management Group here in Addison, Texas. And we are a Sandler training franchise. And what that means is that we really use the Sandler process uh, that I'm going to talk about a little bit about today to help our clients uh, build what I call best in class sales teams. So a lot of times people reach out to us because they are having difficulty really getting in front of the right people or potentially they get stuck in the process and so it lengthens their sales cycle. And sometimes what we hear a lot of is there's a lot of competition in their space and they get a lot of price pressure. So Mm -hmm. those are usually the top three reasons why people are reaching out to us. Gotcha. Yeah. A little bit about me. Uh, I have, I love, I'm a dog person. Yeah, I have a a little Shih Tzu dog and she's uh, quite the companion (laughs) and I love to travel. So a couple of trips I've been on this year, I went to Dubai and then I I just recently uh, took my first cruise, interestingly enough, to, to Mexico. So, oh, awesome. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't done a cruise yet. I don't know why I'm a little, it's exciting because you get to like go to multiple things, but I don't know, just being stuck on a boat. Yeah. Days. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Did you you enjoy it? So it, you know, it was very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I think I had some of the same, uh, challenges that you, you know, just feeling stuck on a boat and a little bit out of control or whatever. But here's what I've decided that there are people who absolutely, that is their way to travel and we love it. And uh, I met a lot of those types of people. And then there are other people who like to get to a destination and like to, you know, get the car and do the whole thing. And I would say that probably is more my preference Mm -hmm. to be more adventurous and do it myself. Yeah, no, totally. I think I'm the same way too. Um, Maybe it's because I'm a control freak. I don't know if you are, but that's... (laughs) Little. Little. Working on it. Yeah. (laughs) I know, aren't we all? Sheesh. But anywho, so um, we're going to go ahead and dive in and you're going to be sharing your sales system. 
Um, and you mentioned Sandler a little bit, um, and we'll get into all of that. Um, but go ahead and kind of describe your business um, kind of before you implemented that or your client's business, whichever you prefer. Sure. So I'm going to actually tell my story because I, I was actually a client of Sandler's for about eight and a half years. And then I moved over to doing this myself. And, uh, and so there was a little bit of a transition. But basically, when I was a client, what, what we found in our business, I was in a manufacturing environment. And as you know, in manufacturing, there's lots of processes, right? Yeah. There are systems for everything. And when we took a look at our sales department and our sales team, what we discovered is our systems were pretty lacking. Mm. There were certain things that we had systems for, uh, but when it came to really developing the relationship with the client and also you know, looking at determining, hey, is this a job that we want to go after? So uh, we engaged with TrustPoint and started working with them to help us uncover, you know, what could we do differently? Right. And it was really amazing because the, the interesting thing is we were losing a lot of business. And mm -hmm. so the, the downside was not having a system. It was really affecting our business from a growth perspective. And we had some pretty uh, big challenges from a where we wanted to go as a company. So mm. that's why we started looking at it. Yeah. And so then kind of what was it that finally drove you to, to look for the sales system? Um, was it, you know, looking at the numbers, was it a specific client or was it um, feedback kind of, what was it that kind of was like, all right, we actually need to take this a little seriously. You know, I think when I look back at that time, I, in preparation for this podcast, I was thinking about that time. And I, one of the biggest things I remember is that we would do a lot of quoting and bidding of projects. And mm -hmm. then, uh, I don't know if anybody else experiences this process and then we would never hear back mm. or, or we would get the request for a quote and we'd be like, why are we getting this request? And then hmm. in order for us to start that process, we would kind of get some walls in being able to ask the questions. We're like, okay, hmm. having a difficult time building that relationship. And okay. so that really was what spurred us to go, okay, it, could there be a different way or a better way to look at this? And what would that way be? And so Interestingly enough, we, uh, I was actually on the lookout for something for our salespeople to really help them. How do we engage? How do we qualify? Uh, what, what kind of qualification do we really need to do before we take that step of, you know, building a, a request or quote? Yeah. So that's really what spurred us to do it. Gotcha. Yeah. Qualification is everything. Oh my gosh. I feel like that is something that 80%, 90% of people come to me about, you know, I ask, you know, do you have a qualification, you know, process? And they're like, hmm? <laughs> like what, what's that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And, um, and it's understandable um, and whatnot, because it's scary to think you'll say no to clients, especially in your beginning phases of your business. And even as you grow, um, it can be scary to just be like, I'm going to say no to this person, even though they're willing to give me money. Um, but they just actually are not a good fit. And it yeah. will be detrimental to me as well as them. 
if we move forward in a relationship. So I'm excited to hear, hear your insights on that specifically. Yeah. I, I would say a lot of companies work off of what I call that desperation mentality. Yes. It's really, you know, if I can't say no, cause I really right. need this deal. Right. And that's the unfortunate part. Uh, and that's one of the things we work a lot with our, com- our clients on is the more your pipeline is full, the less likely, the more likely you are to be to say, Hey, I got to qualify it because right. in all actuality, I've got a lot of stuff going on and I, I'm not sure if I can take it on. Yeah, exactly. Cause yeah. if you feel like, you know, if you say no, this person, there's nobody in the foreseeable future coming in, then yeah, of course you're going to feel that pressure. But if you constantly just have people coming in and, and you're fueling the, the calls, then you're going to be more like, okay, like I can pass on this one because I'm going to talk to somebody else in a few hours or tomorrow or whatever. Right. That's exactly right. Cool. So go ahead and walk us through the steps um, that you took to create the right process for you and your business. Well, I think the first thing that we did was we, we had to understand what does a system actually look like? Mm -hmm. So when you look at, uh, I always say this, a lot of times we understand from this side of it, we need to have a process or a system to qualify. Right. What we don't really always understand or recognize, or maybe we're not aware of, is that the prospect actually has a system they're going through as well. Mm. Now, if you're selling to large multinational companies, you're probably aware that there is a purchasing department somewhere or some people right. in, that, in that position that's going to help qualify. And sometimes they tell you what that qualification might look like. But what we also don't know is what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. So, uh, so the first part of the process that we teach and that we had to really build on is what we call bonding a rapport. And Mm -hmm. what we mean by that is how do I build a relationship with that person in a pretty quick amount of time in order to gain what I call equal business stature, right? Mm -hmm. That's a little bit about what you're talking about of, being able to have the position of saying, Hey, I may not be the best fit for you. Mm -hmm. and I need to figure out whether or not I would be a good resource for you. Okay. So embodying a rapport, it's a little bit of that. It's also when you hear the words by rapport, what do you think of? Uh, By rapport? Uh, Yeah. I I think of, you know, basically making sure that they know that you have the expertise and that you have their best interest um, at heart. Yeah. And it's a little bit about understanding, you know, what's important to them, right? right. And there's a lot of things that go behind buying a rapport, but, and I, I think as salespeople, honestly, it's probably the one area that we, we think that what we're doing by just engaging with someone is building rapport when Mm -hmm. that's not really all there is to it. Right. So that's the first step. The second step is what we really call an upfront contract. What I mean by that is Mm -hmm. what I, I would say the number one, what do you think the number one reason why people don't really want to talk to salespeople? Uh, Because they basically will convince you to buy anything, whether you actually need it or not, because it's in it for what's in it for them is better than what's in it for you. Yeah. So the upfront contract really allows you to build what I call that equal business stature and also what I call full disclosure selling. Okay. So Mm -hmm. it's more focused on the prospect and what, 
what is it that they want to get out of the meeting versus what's my agenda? And sometimes as salespeople, we're too eye focused, right? Yeah. So we don't really focus on what is it in it for the prospect mm -hmm. and how do we, um, you know, what is it that we're going to be able to do for the prospect? So that's a, the second step. Third step is what I call really uh, emotional reasons for doing business. Mm. So a lot of times people think that we buy intellectually, but I would contend right. that most of the time when you really sit down and talk to people, there's a lot of times where people will say, well, I chose that person because um, I just got a good feeling or my gut told me that that was the right decision to make. And so I always say people buy emotionally, they only justify it intellectually. Mm. Yeah. That's a good so, so you have to be able to get to the real reason, the real root cause of what's happening in their business and uncover the issues that might be going on and then also getting them emotional about them. And salespeople, sometimes we want to avoid that. So that's, yeah. that's what we call pain. And then there's, so for, for us, qualifying is pain. We have to find out whether or not they have a budget. Yeah. And then whether or not we're really talking to the, the decision maker. Because a lot of times people yeah. will really show themselves as a decision maker. And then we find out later on there could be a hidden decision maker. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and then the last step is really what we call fulfillment. So a lot of times in traditional systems, fulfillment or presentation comes second. So usually we find out if they have an interest, then we present to that interest. And in the Sandler system, really presentation is after we qualify. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it's a little bit different uh, view of how to look at the sales process. And then after that, really after our presentation, that's what we call a post-sell. And um, a post-sell is really to help us keep from having buyer's remorse and making sure, hey, is this the right decision for the company? So mm -hmm. as we move forward. So it's a pretty... It sounds pretty simple. Executing it on a consistent basis becomes the challenge, like any right. process, right? Right, exactly. And there's exactly. tweaking and there's, oh, this, you know, I did this right, but this needs some work and all that sort of stuff. There's always, 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 always tweaking. With the buyer's remorse side of things, and, you know, I was watching uh, some video about how when somebody purchases, they are the most excited they will ever be. And then, like, immediately after the excitement, fades, then they freak out. Um, and so is there a way that you can share with us takeaways or, or tips around how to avoid your client or future customer or whatever to not hit that um, right yeah. afterwards? Yeah. So one of the best ways to do that is before they're signing the agreement, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. and, and I call it a, going a little bit negative. Hmm. Okay. Um, so, so I asked this question, are you sure? Wow. The other thing is I try really, I mean, you know, most of us, if you're a salesperson, you want to go for the close, right? right. And so my, my close is, uh, what would you like to do next? Because if they're driving more of the decision and you're just guiding them through the process, typically goes over better, right? right? They yeah. don't feel the pressure. I yeah. think that's the full disclosure. And then the next thing you really want to do is assure them that they've made a great decision. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
and then talk about what's going to happen next. Because I think a lot of times where buyer's remorse comes in is they don't know, hey, I just wrote you a check. I don't know what's going to happen next. Now, we know what's going to happen, right? right? But sometimes we're guilty of not really laying out, here's what's going to happen next. These are the exact next steps. When they can see that, they get more of a sense of, okay, I know what's going to, you know, I know I made a good decision and I know here's where I'm going to start to get the value of this. Mm. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think managing expectations is one of the most missed things in business. Um, a lot of times people just want to know what's going on. Right. That's <laughs> and exactly right. You know, we all know what's going on and there's a lot of stuff going on in, in the behind the scenes. So you forget to keep people updated. And it, a lot of times it isn't because of ill will or, or anything like that. It just is, you know, we got a lot of stuff going on over here. Um, and so to keep people updated and and in the loop uh, can just be a little bit uh, crazy, especially if you have a lot of clients or yeah. a lot of businesses. I, I would say it's our, as salespeople, it's probably our number one downfall. We, mm. you know, get a good client. Uh, we start working with them. We really like them. And I've been guilty of it. We start, not necessarily, we, we are, we take advantage in the sense of, hey, these people know us, they like us. And we don't really nurture the relationship again to the next level. Mm. And so, yeah. um, and, and you do that by managing expectations and by also keeping in mind, kind of keeping yourself separated to understand that you're the consultant, you're the person that really needs to look into their business and help them, you know, guide them in areas that they might be have blind spots in. Totally. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, that's, that's a good point. And I totally 100% agree. Uh, so I'm going to go into the final questions. Okay. Uh, so what was your best financial investment in business? My bet, you know, this was a really challenging question. I just want to <laughs> so, so I will tell you, and you're going to laugh when I say it. I think my best financial investment I've ever made is by hiring a coach. And, yeah. and I thought it was crazy at the time. Yeah. Uh, and a little, I had a little bit of trepidation and buyer's remorse at first, yeah. but I will tell you that it was the best investment I've made. No, that's awesome. And was it around a specific area or was it just a general business coach? There were, uh, it was a, a, few. a business coach cool. and, and generally, I mean, they had a specific process that they took me through, mm -hmm. but the, the fact is that changed it really changed the way I did business. So yeah. Oh, hundred percent. And I think especially when you up level in a financial way, um, I know that when I do that, it sometimes it's not even like nothing's even happened with this person that I've just exchanged money with, but just my business just like does a boom. I don't know what it is about it. Um, but just putting down a significant amount of money, um, it just does something. Momentum just happens. It's, really, I mean, I think it's strange, maybe it's not, but, um, I didn't know that previous to putting down, you know, like five figures toward a coach mm -hmm. and, and thinking, you know, Oh, I'm gonna have to go through this six month thing with her and then I'm going to get, you know, the huge boost. Um, but I think something changes in your mindset when you're like really invested in something like a coach. So mm -hmm. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, that's then, exactly right. Yep. And then what was your worst financial investment in business? Okay. So this one, I didn't ha really have a hard time with, and I'll, yeah. I'll tell you why, yeah. because I would like to say, I don't think I've ever made a bad investment, 
I, I, I think there's been some investments that have taught me a different lesson than I originally thought the investment was going to, to make. Ah, Does that make sense? Totally. So I think sometimes it's all about our, our shifting our paradigm to say, really, what was the lesson I got out of this? So sometimes people look like, oh, I made that mistake or I had that failure. And for me, I always look at it as more of, you know what? It's a lesson and it was a lesson that I needed to learn. So yeah. I can't say that I've made a bad investment. I've learned a lot of lessons <laughs> and they've all been great. Yeah, no, I totally, yeah. I, I've started to switch my <laughs> thinking similar yeah. to that uh, because, you know, it can be really hard to take a hit um, and, a, and it feels like a hit anyway. Um, when you are making, uh, what's considered a a bad financial investment. Uh, however, there always have been little things I've learned in them. Um, so again, just those lessons that you didn't expect, like you thought you were going to get this out of the investment, but really you got this Um, and really being grateful for that new lesson, um, instead of still grudging and being ridiculous about, (laughs) I think as I would just say as human beings, sometimes we beat ourselves up over decisions yeah. we make. And I, and I have kind of a mantra of, I made a decision, uh, it's forward motion, and I learned a lesson. It was the lesson that I needed to make, I needed to learn. So mm. uh, it wasn't a, a necessarily a, a good or bad decision. I don't think there's ever good or bad decisions. It's a decision. And every decision leads to another decision. Yeah, no, I think think that's a good mantra to have (laughs) for sure. Yeah. So then where can people find you online? Website, social media, all the places. So uh, probably LinkedIn is the best place to find me. Yeah. And then our website is trustpointtx.sandler.com. Perfect. Yeah. And all that will be in the show notes. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So I'll get your LinkedIn profile in there um, and um, your website as well. And uh, people will be able to find you and, and get in touch. And Tina is a wonderful resource again around sales. Um, so I hope y'all were able to take something away. I know that I did. Um, so thank you so much, Tina, for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks for listening to System Save Me. If you want to get the links to anything we talked about, go to systemsaveme.com. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you on the next episode.